Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, I sit down with Daniel Thiessen and Michael DeZormo to talk about working out as 50-year-olds, not Daniel, that's me and Mike, um, the supplements and the diet that you should use just in working out in general, not as a 50-year-old, just in general, eight-week challenges of fitness, why Dan is going to try and ride an assault bike. I don't know if you know, it's actually, I think, called the Rogue Echo bike, but it's one of those bikes, you know, it has the big fan on the front, your arms move while you're pedaling. If you haven't done one of these things, it's just basically a horrible device that we do all the time at his gym because it's good for us. And he's going to ride this thing for 12 hours. His brother is raising money for uh, an orphanage in Haiti. He's going to ride this bike straight for 12 hours, which apparently is going to be a Guinness Book of World Records attempt at this thing. And uh, he's going to burn something somewhere between 6,000 and 7,000 calories. I'm worried for the guy. He's going to do it in January. So he's in training mode for this. He's getting a lot of attention attention in the CrossFit community, been on a, a few big podcasts talking about this. And uh, it's just 12 hours straight of riding on this thing. So we talk about that, how he's preparing for it, and just all things life and fitness and health. I think we get into TRT and some stuff around that as well. So that's what we're talking about in this episode. If you want to reach out and support him, you can go to thedreamdealer.org. That's thedreamdealer.org. You can also email Dan anytime at hello at radixgym.com. That's hello at radixgym.com. And if you are listening to this and you want to find a community, a community of Canadians who are trying their very best to live their own life on their own terms, then you have found the place. We run this thing called the Rockstar Inner Circle. We've been doing it over, for over a decade. And if you've heard about it, but you don't know what it's all about, you can now go to rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. So rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. You'll see pictures of all of us at the membership. There's videos, there's testimonials from different local Rockstar Inner Circle members. There's all the benefits that you get as you become a Rockstar Inner Circle member. It is all laid out beautifully on that page at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. That's enough with this intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, we're recording. So yeah, you can repeat that you haven't been in my bedroom. That's great that you haven't been in my bedroom. That's actually a positive. So we were on with Dan Thiessen and Mike DeZormo, but we were just talking about sleep. I like, I, I get, I don't know, 20 minutes of deep sleep a night, mm -hmm. but I get three hours or three and a half hours of REM. How what, are you, what are you measuring with? I was measuring, I've measured with a whoop. Mm -hmm. I've measured with an aura. Are they similar? That's they, a, they match right on. They yeah. match right on. Yeah. That's awesome. And my HRV reading will like be 16. Oh, geez. Like a great HRV for me is like 24. That's horrible. I know. Yeah. But I think for me, it's normal. This is, hey, welcome. Hey, Dan, welcome to my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think you got problems? I got an HRV score of 24. That's amazing. Yeah. We spend 33% of our day in sleep here and there. Okay. Uh, if the average life expectancy is 80 years, that's 26 years of your life in sleep. Sleep is so important. So you're going to tell me to get one of these eight sleep things? Yes, 100%. Dude, I had the chilly mattress thing. It didn't change my you, scores I, at all. Are you the, sponsored by eight sleep? No. 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 Okay, good. The best but thing. I do have it and I feel like I've hacked sleep and oh, it's on. so important. So yeah. um, eight sleep 
It's like a mattress. It goes on your mattress. Yeah. Mattress cover. Mm-hmm. And then there's a tube that goes to a little, it almost looks like a computer tower. Okay. And then there's a, a, a water uh, canister inside that. And that water circulates throughout this pad. So the, the mattress cover is independently temperature controlled. So my temperature is different from my wife's side of the bed. Mm-hmm. And this is fluctuating throughout the night as like, it's monitoring your, your sleep patterns as well. So if you're getting too hot, it's going to cool you down. And this goes out, goes on the entire night. I believe it helps most people. It, it absolutely. I'm, okay. Hold on. I, I'm, I'm going to, you have the pillow. You have the pillow. The pillow right? is amazing. I love the pillow. I say, always None start of this with the pillow. Changed my scores. Yeah. Yeah. I measured my scores for years. You're only like 10% there. You have the pillow. You need the. No, but I had thing. the cold mattress thing, <sighs> but I don't know. You this. think it was garbage. Yeah. It wasn't it too loud. It was loud. Yeah. This one had quiet. the first model or yeah, whatever. This one's super quiet. You have to change the water. Cause the water got like crusty or something. It's so true. Yeah. Once a month you have to change the water yeah. with if i don't use that so for you know traveling and we're somewhere in a hotel and i got i'm kicking off the sheets in the middle of the night but i think you're like a normal human yes who like gets better with these sleep hacks mm-hmm. i don't think i'm a normal human like these sleep hacks never help me the only thing that helps me ever on sleep that i've been able to measure on whoop and the aura ring stop eating at like seven o'clock for me if i stop eating by seven then my digestive system seems to be done with everything by the time i go to bed which is usually around 11. and how does that change your scores i, I will get marginally better scores i'll get instead okay. of 20 minutes deep sleep i'll get like an hour Jeez. And so you, and, and you know that, and you still eat after seven o'clock. No, I try not to. Oh, okay. Good. No, no, I, I yeah. try not to. Yeah. Usually, usually it's like eight. Okay. So, yeah. you know, the odd time, if you've done some crazy programming for us and yeah. I'm just like famished yeah, yeah. and then Dan in the back of my head would be saying, this is when you don't eat. And then I'm just like, kind of like, you know, when you're snack, I think that you've gone through this too. You're like, I'm so yeah. hungry right now. Like I have this to week? eat and sometimes I will break. Mm-hmm. But then even then, if I break, I'll have something like just protein w- or something. When's your, uh, when do you go to sleep? Like when's your normal? It's always around, it's between 11 and 11.20 like clockwork. Okay. that's And that's just because of my family yeah. keeping me up late. So it's all my family's fault. My preferred time to go to bed yeah. is 9.30. So, but <laughs> if you get to bed at 11 to 11.30, when do you get up at? Now I sleep later because I I want my sleep yeah. and I've noticed that if I don't because I went through 15 years of about five to six and a half hours sleep yeah. and I can't do that anymore so now I on no purposely get up at 7 a.m. that way I feel like I'm getting yeah. a you're in bed full, long enough for sure a full rest yeah. and I feel that that's useful I still get up early like a bunch of times like tomorrow I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. Friday I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. you just but I would stuff say, to do yeah will you get to bed earlier or not? no no, because then I don't see my family. Yeah. Because if my daughter's and my daughter's now 17, if she's working, yeah. my son, well, he's at Western right now, but it, it's just, you know, for some, I like to unwind a little bit with Carol, watch one of our TV shows together, whatever kind of silly show we're watching. I yeah. kind of enjoy that time yeah, together. Yeah. So that's so Dan, my bedtime. Sorry. Yeah, if you yeah, do get this hungry. sleep. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're trying to get as How are getting commissions here, on the, the commissions? How are the commissions on yeah. the eight sleep going, Mike? <laughs> Let's start with the pillow. The pillow is incredible. Okay. I have to admit, infused, the pillow is incredible. Yeah. It's in, infused with carbon. Or? Except Mike made me get this pillow. You yeah. can't deliver it to Canada. Oh, I had yeah. to deliver it it's to a, a million US dollar address. Pillow. And yeah. then I delivered it from the US a shipping address what? that I have to Canada. And the customs fees I got on this thing were incredible. Ridiculous. Why do we suck so bad, though? Like, why can't we get this in Canada? 
yeah. I don't know, but yeah. I paid a million dollars for this. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Trudeau doesn't want to tax us for that or something. Like, no, it's probably like, they don't want to deal with Canada. It's probably the company's yeah. choice that doesn't want to deal with Canada. So yeah, the pill is amazing. It stays chilled somehow. Yeah. But but Dan, going back to Tom's cr- uh, late night craving, mm-hmm. would so if you have something to eat, it sounds like it's going to throw off your sleep. I've experienced the same. Mm-hmm. So does a shake would the, would a shake do the same to you? What, uh, what do you recommend as yeah. a late night snack if you're hungry? So yeah, something protein based. So a shake could do the trick. Um, but will it affect sleep? Probably still. But at this point, um, if your sleep's going to be affected because you're waking up hungry, then you're, you're just, you got to pick your battles, right? Uh, I'd rather have the protein in my system so that, you know, my muscle, I'm not going into like a state of my body feeding on my muscle for energy because I haven't eaten enough, if that makes sense. Mm. So I'd have something high protein with some like berries or something, um, with some antioxidants, some complex. Carbs. I do coconut water, your beef protein that you like yeah. and berries. Yeah. Mix good. it all together. Yeah. That should, that, I would, something like that would be I great. throw in collagen powder too, even though Mike, you were saying it, we think it's kind of maybe bullshit. I don't know. I throw it in there as well. No. Yeah. No, I, I would. That's a good time. Now, would uh, you throw like a sleep aid in there, like a magnesium or anything like uh, that? Yeah. So I have like, I have a sleep stack. Oh, let's hear so, it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think I obviously sleep is the most important um, part of recovery. So anything we can do to help that process will go a long way. So I've played around with some stuff from uh, Dr. Huberman and a couple of different podcasts and just see what works for me. But um, I'll take a combination of magnesium like biglycinite which is like just a, it will absorb a little bit differently than other types of magnesium. Uh, I'll take L-theanine, uh, which is uh, shown to help you just kind of relax, especially if your mind is, you know, on, uh, I don't know, a full race at nighttime trying to, you know, wind down. Now, th- this is all in one shake? Yeah, so these are just pills. Okay. So I just, I just put these pills together and have it with some water. Okay. Um, and... Uh, I will take something called GABA, which they use GABA um, for people with high anxiety. So again, it's just like a, a, a mental relaxant more than anything. Help your brain shut off, help your, help your body calm down. The magnesium helps your muscles relax and get into uh, just a better state. There's something that I do want to try that have, has some good research on it is uh, glycine. Um, you get a lot of glycine in something like bone broth but they're showing like three grams of uh, glycine uh, before bed can help you put you in a deeper sleep for a longer period of time. Um, so that's something that I will play around with next. So I noticed, uh, so that's interesting you're saying all this because Dr. Cowan recommended these for me to help my sleep, these insomnitol chewables. Yeah, so it has L- I, yeah. L-theanine. Look what this has. And I've used um, Inistol as well as Inis- one of mine. So Inistol 250 yeah. milligrams, yeah. L-theanine, uh, 100 milligrams L5 HTP hydro triflifofan, <laughs> 50 milligrams of vitamin B6 and melatonin. So uh, yeah. I noticed this I combo. Seems- I'll never take melatonin personally. Okay, why? Um, it can so melatonin at 1.5 milligrams. Yeah, so this is the other problem with melatonin is that the like obviously what he's giving you is going to be a very well um, a reputable company that's going to dose things properly. But when they've done research on melatonin in labs and they just take random ones off the shelf and they'll test what they say is 1.5 milligrams could be 10 times. Oh come on! Yeah, yeah, like it's so bad. What do you think of this company? 
Yeah, well, what if it? it's Dr. Cowan recommending to you, I, I would trust it. Uh, he definitely does his research. Because I've noticed this does seem to help my sleep. Yeah, no, it, and uh, I, I've again, I've used uh, Inositol, uh, sorry, Inositol and uh, L-theanine myself. I prefer to do my research and buy the supplements from a reputable group, uh, brand, but as an individual, so I can make, I can um, get what I want out of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. I, if I want a hundred milligrams, I don't so want, you'll do the I don't want the other, yeah, I don't want the other stuff. Like the what, other thing so with what, melatonin is, is that when you start giving, it's kind of like testosterone. When you start giving yourself more of it, your body stops naturally producing its own. And then you're going to be in this kind of fight of like, hmm. am, am I getting it from an external source, uh, external source, or am I making producing it? it? And then if you're getting way too much of melatonin at night, then you feel groggy the next day. I just, I just huh. don't mess around with it, but if it's what it says it is and, um, yeah. So as long as it's the 1.5. Yeah. It's like, see how like small of a dose it is. I think designs for health is a decent brand. Again, like I would, Listen to Dr. Cowan. He's a good, good. Uh, he scared me on this melatonin. Oh, Just read the bottom out of all those pills. It says for the melatonin specifically, do not drive or use machinery for four yeah. to five hours. Yeah. After I, know, that's, I mean, I don't play around with melatonin. <laughs> I once on took melatonin weeks. on a yeah. flight to, uh, Aiden and I were going to Oktoberfest. My brother-in-law wanted to take his daughter because at 16, you can drink there. Yeah. So it was like their dream to take her to Oktoberfest. I have no idea why. Yeah. And he committed, or I committed to taking Aiden when they were both 16. They're the same age, these the two cousins. And so we go and I'm like, I'm going to hack this sleeping on a plane thing. Finally, I'm going to hack it. I had never taken melatonin before, yeah. so I didn't know the dosage on any. Oh, <laughs> I took way too much of this melatonin. I'm on this Lufthansa flight. I start hallucinating no. on the flight. So I'm on this, like, it's not It's not like um, business class, but it's not economy. I'm in slightly more space where you can kind of stretch out a bit. Like, I don't know what you call it, a premium. Preferred economy. seating. Prefer, yeah. Whatever, you get a little, yeah. so you can kind of stretch out a little bit. I remember stretching out and then reaching out into the aisle and like thinking I was grabbing at somebody walking by. You're that guy on that plane with that woman. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I was totally hallucinating, and I remember waking up out. It. it was like I was awake. I was dreaming, but also aware and awake. Yeah, if that makes sense. Like that, lucid it, dreaming. It, it wasn't melatonin. Those mushrooms, dude. <laughs> yeah. So I basically had some melatonin that was laced with mushrooms yeah. by the sounds. Of it. But I was like lucid yeah. dreaming, and I remember coming out of that thinking, "I'm never going to touch this again." Yeah. And I honestly didn't even know melatonin was in this thing that Dr. Cowan gave me. Yeah. Until like, yeah. <laughs> so no. no Maybe I won't try. Maybe I won't use it anymore. I I, I just prefer to um, again do the research and see what research has worked at what dosages, and then use the dosages that are recommended. Because you don't, I don't know, I don't play around with uh, supplements where um, I'm either wasting my money by not taking enough or doing something harmful to my body by taking too much of it. Yeah, got it. I'm going to ask him on the next appointment I have with him. I'm going to ask him about that specifically yeah. and how confident he is on that dosage. Because yeah. I know when I when I, I don't take it for periods of time, like for example, when we go to Croatia or whatever, I just won't take it at all. It doesn't seem to affect me by not taking it. Yeah, that's good then. That's a good sign. Because if you were on it and then you came off and then you couldn't sleep at all, then you might have something. Mm -hmm. Just like the other stuff, uh, I've come on and off and being off it for a night shouldn't make you like not sleep at all. How much REM sleep do you get? Personally, I'm not tracking anything right now. I don't. Okay. I In the past, did you? Are you slightly aware? Yeah, I've used Whoop before and stuff like that. And it varies based on how hard the training is and okay. where where I'm at um, as far as like 
what type of training I'm doing and how well my body's recovering. So I can tell when right now I'm in a bit, I feel like a bit of an overtraining state. So my sleep's never as good in overtraining state. Yeah, can you, so what are you, can you just talk about that? A little? We'll, we'll, we're going to talk about the 12 hour ride for Haiti, mm-hmm. but what are you doing to train? What is this and what are you training? What are you doing now? Yeah. So I'm training to, uh, ride the echo bike, which is like a bigger version of the assault bike, uh, for 12 hours straight to raise money for my brother's, um, not for profit, the dream dealer. And, uh, I told, my members that I would do one calorie for every dollar raised. So we'll be around 7,000 calories on that bike over 12 hours. Uh, so that's what I'm training for. Just so, so I do if a you're lot listening to this and you don't know what an assault bike is, it's that bike that has like a big fan on the front of it. Yeah. And when you cycle it, it uh, cycle on it, it also has your arms moving. So you're yeah, kind of going back and forth. So when Dan gets Mike and I to do this at the gym, we usually do it for like 10 minutes and we're sprinting for like 20 seconds and then taking a rest or 30 seconds and taking a rest. Mm-hmm. And we do 10 rounds of that for 10 minutes. And that absolutely destroys me. Mm-hmm. And Dan's trying to do this for 12 hours straight yeah. where you're going to ride this thing. The thing, yeah. At, at a... I'd say a decent clip. But this is now like to train for this. How are you training? Because this feels like slightly dangerous to me now. Yeah, it's definitely like anything. So this would be considered ultra endurance. So you have like ultra endurance runners, ultra endurance cyclers, uh, ultra endurance runners is anything past the marathon stage. And then they'll get up to like crazy, like 100 miles, 200 miles, 250 miles. Uh, and then there's something called backyard ultras where where they'll run a four a four point six mile loop every hour on the hour until so, only one person's left, and the world record for that is like for day, they go for like four days, four and a half days. So it's a death march. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so for bikers, uh, typically anything over the two hundred kilometer range, I'll be in the four hundred kilometer by the end of the twelve hour range. So it's a it's ultra endurance. Uh, but aren't you carrying too much? Like I've never thought about this until you're saying it now. Aren't you? Mm-hmm. Isn't your body type just carrying too much? muscle to do an endurance thing for 12 hours? Yeah, no. Uh, uh, well, so here's the difference between me riding an echo bike and riding a bike on the road. Me riding a bike on the road, I have to carry my own weight. Me riding the echo bike, I'm moving the fan. So being a bit bigger actually gives me, I think- mm, Got it, because you're not moving your body, what you're sitting stationary. Sitting stationary. So your I'm legs are working, your the, arms are working. Against the fan and the, that belt system. So it's, it's just a power output thing, an endurance power thing. Yeah, it's weird. It's like nobody, I don't think anybody's- No, like, who's it? Has anyone done, done any, Is this like some kind of world, right? Has anyone done this for this long? Somebody did, a, you know those old school Airdyne? Yeah. Those, yeah. Thi- but it's different. Those are so easy. Have you ever ridden? Yeah, those? they're easy. Yeah. I can get like a million calories an hour. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. somebody did something like that. That's the only thing I could find. Uh, nobody's ri- like ridden this. The echo bike is the hardest of all those. So can we record you for some Guinness record here? I tried. I, I like, I applied and it's too hard. They're just, I don't know. Okay. It's like, it seems like some nonsense bureaucracy. And they kept on wanting to take more money from me that I could send to the kids in Haiti. I'm like, forget these guys for context though like yeah. this this assault bike is not like a peloton it's not like a no, stationary no. Bike. and it's also not like soul. yeah it's not like people people who have been on it and are endurance riders who i've talked to they they're the only ones who understand people even people who just like who have done long distance bike rides like oh yeah i've done a 100k bike ride it's not the same not, dude. not close you uh, why did you, you pick this to do <laughs> like you, why are you doing this like i know you're raising money for your brother yeah that's why in haiti i think that um, it had to be something that matched what I felt 
those kids and everything that's going Wouldn't on. Wouldn't it be there. more fun just to do 10,000 cleans in a row? Yeah, I don't know. It, that also seems like hell to be honest. No, I know, but this, sound, this sounds like, yeah. like Mike's saying, when we do this for 10 minutes, I get off that thing and I'm destroyed. You yeah. are outrunning a hurricane while pedaling through quicksand. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what an assault bike's like. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. So how are, you, how are you even training for this? What are you doing? Um, so I, have four, I do four rides a week. So two of them are interval-based to keep my legs strong and keep, um, like I work on my VO2 max and my body's ability to clear lactic. So I have these two nasty interval workouts. It's it's the interval workouts are, I think worse of a feeling than my long ride days. Um, and then I have, uh, one long ride where I, it goes off of my heart rate. So I stay in zone two heart rate, which makes it an easy ride, which is, uh, we call that aerobic base, uh, for your aerobic capacity. So I'll stay at about 125 beats per minute and I'll just, I'll ride at whatever that it, it will change based on, uh, how well I'm recovered basically. So if I'm not well recovered, then but you're not measuring your recovery. Away. No, that my heart rate is a way of measuring. Oh, okay. Got it. So it, it will, I'll keep it at 125 beats per minute. Some days that's 59 RPM. Some days that's 56. So like if I'm not well recovered, it'd be lower. If I'm well recovered, it will be higher. So I do that once a week. And then I do uh, once a week where I'm building volume at race pace. So my race pace is 58 to 59 RPM. And I'll just hold that pace for I like I've gone up to four hours now. So I went four hours at 59 RPM. I did 2,500 and something calories, uh, where, uh, during that time I work on like, um, just understanding what I'm feeling because you go through these ups and downs through four hours. You, I, I, I'm telling you there's minute, there's minutes where you feel like you're on top of the world and you can take on anything. And there's minutes where like, I would give anything to get off this bike right now. And you just have to be used to riding those waves. Uh, and then I practice my nutrition. So like every half an hour, I got to make sure I'm getting another 20 to 30 grams of carbs in. So I have these gels and bars and but salt, they, salt is in all the gels. I have salt in my water. I have, uh, electrolytes in the water I'm drinking as well. So Cause the danger powerful. here is you lose all this stuff. And so, yeah, people have died. Um, when they drink too much water and not enough salt, and then their basically their body shuts down because you need salt to be able to function. Should you have like a, I know you know so much with nutrition, but do you need a nutritionist or someone to be monitoring this thing? I've this thought, is gonna I've thought of it. I've been writing, like I've been writing everything down. And I, I this is the thing is I've kind of deep dived on all the research, including the nutrition side of things. And everything is like, these are our recommendations, but it's so personal to you. So like when you sweat, you're going to lose a certain amount of sodium out of your sweat. Mm. When I sweat, I'll lose a different amount of sodium. So what they recommend for one person is going to be different. It's like a, it's almost like trial and error. This is in January, January 20th. Yeah. And then like I said, multiple people are going to be monitoring you through the 12 hours. Yeah. There'll be a lot of people in the gym and stuff. No, I, I know, but somebody people. really paying attention to yeah, you. So my wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, Jacob will be there as well. Okay. And then, uh, I have like, again, everything, there's the no like I'm learning about this, hard, the more I'm scared for you. Yeah. There's no real science science behind because like how many of these people are you going to test and see? And then yeah. what you end up realizing is again, one person's burning, uh, glycogen at a higher rate than a different person who's sweating a different amount of sodium. So it becomes very individual. Shouldn't we reach out to some performance Institute that's going to want to measure you? They should. Like, this is like an experiment. They no? should experiment. I'm because no one's done a 12 hour. It's not, you're doing it not on the assault bike. You're doing it on the rogue echo, echo bike. bike. Yeah. Which 
which is harder, harder than the assault bike. <laughs> yeah. So damn that voice in your head that nobody else is going to hear. Yes. When it's haunting you. I deal. What I'd are you, like, what are you saying to it? Uh, that's a good question. It depends on which part of it I'm at. So, um, the moments where I'm like, I can't, I don't, I can't, I don't, yeah. those type of things keep popping up in your head. Um, I just, I just focus on getting to the next, like whatever I think the next, um, switch up is going to be. So like, I'll be like, I just got to get to the 55 and I'm going to have a gel. If I get to the 55, I can have a gel. I'm going to feel good. And I'm like coaching myself through like, and then I get the gel and I'm like, okay, I'm good. Is it going to be annoying to have people around you? Like, is this the kind of thing you mm. just want to be uh, like in yourself? You know, cause I could see people at the gym kind of cheering you on, but yeah, if you're in a yeah, fucking yeah. bad mood in the middle of this, <laughs> I would want to say like, it's somewhere in the six hour range. I think that I'm going to be in the worst mood. So like, maybe like you have to I, tell Rachel to keep everybody out of the gym for a couple hours. Yeah. Or like just away from me. I'm pretty good. Like uh, on the four hour ride, it's like watching the gym in a time lapse. So I see like the early morning people come and go and then the next class stretch and work out and come and go. Somebody, people will come up to me here and there and say, oh, how are you doing? Whatever, but they don't bug me too much. Um, sometimes it's good. I'm like, oh, you know, I found another cheater in the gym. This guy doesn't want to catch reps. <laughs> this guy can't count reps properly. This guy squats suck. We got to deal with this later. So I just like kind of in the It's zone. tough to find people with perfect form like myself. <laughs> You know what I mean? So now are you going to have headphones on? You listen to the gym music. How are you going to, I have headphones on. Um, I have, hour, you need a 12 hour charge. Yeah. So I'm going to have a charger for both my phone and my, uh, my AirPods. So, and I have two sets of AirPods. So I'll probably switch them back and forth. Sometimes it's nice just to take them out and like, I'll just, just talk to Nick. Nick always comes in on Saturday morning. So I'll just, we'll just, you know, and I can hold, Saturday, I can hold my day pace. of the week is a yeah. Saturday you're doing it. Yeah. And you're going to start at what time? Six to six. Do you got a walkout song? A walkout song. I, so survivor, this, this is, yeah, <laughs> the thing, this is another thing I noticed. The music I play can't be too hype and it can't be too mm. low. It has to keep me in the middle. So um, there's a really good book called Mind Gym that I read when I was fighting and it explained it like perfectly to me at the time. When you go out for any kind of event, whether it's like a fight or you're going, you're playing hockey, whatever it is, you're gonna go into it and naturally you're gonna be on usually one end of the spectrum uh, on the fight or flight spectrum, okay? So you get those people who come out and they're like, they're the fight fight They're And out of 10, they're a 10 out of 10 and they're ready to rip somebody's head off and, you know, just murder. Right. And then you have the really flight type who are like, just come out and they just want to turtle and hopefully, you know, somebody just is nice to them while they die, whatever. Right. So you have one to 10 there. That's Nick. He's turtler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that. We I've can seen, say that when he's not I've here. Seen Nick punch a brick wall. What are those big blocks? The yeah. cinder, cinder block. Cinder block. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to know where you are on this spectrum, right? So if you're a 10 and you come out in a fight as a 10 and you go for 30 seconds as hard as you can, what do you think happens for the rest of that round? Your adrenaline spikes hard and then your heart rate goes that's totally my style. You just summarized my style. You're going to dip so hard and then you're going to get the crap That's me on every CrossFit out. workout. Guys, <laughs> yeah. take it easy. Come out guns a-blazing yeah. and then just crash. So then you crash hard and then it's like, it's almost worse than coming out at a one. But if you come out at a one and you're so passive that everybody else passes you or beats you up or whatever, then you're in a, not in a good spot either way. So if you can find your six or seven out of 10 
and find what gets you to that place where you have enough of that killer instinct to put it on when you need to put it on, but you're holding back enough where you're very conscious and cognizant of everything that's happening so that technically you can be very good at what you're doing. So if you're fighting, you're, you know, you're thinking, you're moving, you're addressing, um, what's happening in the ring. So what's the music going to be? Fireworks by Kitty Perry. Yeah. That's a good song. Actually. It is a good song. Yeah. 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 So I, I played around. I personally, I like stuff like, uh, um, country gospel. They like put me in the right mind space without it getting to if i go like rap or rock then i'll get a little bit too hyped up no thunderstruck yeah like acdc no my heart rate's I, going ACDC up is a negative yeah. on the acdc <laughs> yeah like everything just getting too high if i if you know if you're playing i don't know some lionel richie or something then i'm not getting to the point where i can keep that pace up where <laughs> i need to keep it up so it's it's finding that tina that turner ground. are you too young to know that? definitely too young yeah tina okay turner. tom jones but like anything in that um, where I can just find my rhythm and lock in and just let the music play, then I'll be, I'll be good. I have like three different playlists now that are like an hour and a half long each. And I just kind of let them cycle through different genres, whatever. So, um, yeah. And then the goal to, is to raise how much money? Uh, 7,000. And where are you now? 5,000, just over 5,000. So you're going to get that. It's January. Yeah, once Rockstar makes that donation. (laughs) Where's this lingering in the background? We're lingering. You're going to have to lean on me for that one. We already talked about this. Oh, I know. Nick's like, listen, I'm not going to donate because I'm saving your life. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, there might be some validity to that. That might be the truest thing of love that Nick has ever shared (laughs) right there. Um, Uh, So I I wanted to ask you a question about... um, so Mike and I, you know, I'm 50, Mike is turn, no 53 turning. Yeah. So I'm turning 51 in January, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, when you did our latest programming, mm-hmm. um, that we started for the first time in the spring, I feel like it was, yep. you did more like just what I call it classic weight training yeah. and a little bit of sprint at the end. So I guess I'm just, what was your thinking around You can make whatever jokes you want about <laughs> us, but what was your thinking? Because it was a little bit less wall balls and cleans and stuff yeah. and more, you know, uh, some bench press and I don't know, dumbbell curls and stuff that we've never really done. Yeah. So what was your thinking around programming for us at that, at this age? Yeah. I call well, I called it cross building. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Cause it worked really well. Like that 12 yeah. week cycle, I came out of that and I felt Mike, I think you did too, right? Like I felt amazing coming out of that. Yeah. So a lot of times when we're pushing the limits of our body for long periods of time and a lot of explosive work or a lot of high intensity interval type of work, um, we can get to a stage of, uh, either burnout or our body is not able to recover from that type of, uh, intensity all the time. So I like to take it back and then build a foundation of strength, but also build, um, muscle around the joints so that we can get back to a place where we can be explosive again. We can do more high intensity stuff, but our body is going to be more resilient to that. So what I'll do is I'll design a program where we'll focus on a bit of strength work, um, in, you know, the more traditional strength work with squats, deadlifts, bench press, uh, pull-ups with weight, you know, those type of multi-joint compound movements. And then I'll add some bodybuilding into it with your, you know, more of your classic dumbbell curls or tricep extensions, push-ups. That's just for aesthetics, the body. No, the bodybuilding stuff is actually really good for the joints. So if Mm. I can, um, make your triceps stronger, your biceps stronger, your elbows are going to be in a better place. If I can make your, 
uh, rear, front, mid, delts, mm. chest, uh, upper back stronger, your shoulders are going to be healthier, right? So it's not just the aesthetic side of things because, it, of course, it helps the aesthetics because you're uh, in a state of hypertrophy, which is muscle building. It's going to look better, right, when you're building bigger muscle. But the way I design it where we're working push, pull, and we're working unilaterally and bilaterally, which means that we're working both two arms or one arm at a time or two legs or one leg. So for instance, if we work squats, we also work lunges because we want to uh, improve any of your imbalances you have left or right. Same with the upper body stuff. We can do bench press. We can do dumbbell bench press. We'll get a little bit different stimulus, but we're also making sure that left and right, we have balance. And that way you're healthier long-term than if you're just doing barbell bench press and you're constantly driving a little bit more through your stronger side than your weak side, eventually that's going to break down the weak side. Mm. So, so that's why you have to do the dumbbell bench press and yeah, not just the and that's, barbell. So like, it may seem like I just give you this program that, you know, has a bunch of cool bodybuilding stuff in it, but there's a lot of thought process behind that in what I'm doing. I could tell by the results. Yeah. So by us doing this again, and I think we're just on week three because we had like 16 false starts in the second <laughs> round, but like on, uh, on, we're, we're on week three on the end of this one. Are you going to recommend for us something completely different? Do you think uh, at the end of this one, we'll just see where you're at. And a lot of times it just mentally where like what you want to do okay you know do you want to get do you want to add some more muscle do you want to get in better shape because like being in really good um like cardiovascular shape or good with intervals stuff like that you would come out of, of some of the volume you're doing there with all the bodybuilding and and the strength stuff and start to incorporate more of the crossfit style intervals or rowing stuff okay and then like i guess i have a question on uh the programming you did i definitely have a weak spot i always have just because i never focused on it was doing bench press but then through the programming i remember i got up to um i thought it was a pretty easy uh 245 pound bench press which for me like i had never done that before ever yep. and to do it fairly easily mm -hmm. was was interesting mm -hmm. someone who's m my age if i try to go this time and say okay well i'm gonna go 250 now that's only five pounds more mm -hmm. um do I have to start worrying about like my shoulder health and just like, is that too much weight for someone like me to even move around? Because I remember when I mentioned to Nick, he's like, be careful on your shoulders. You know, you know, I don't know what you're doing. And uh, I don't think he knows all the programming we've gone through to get there. Yeah. yeah. But is that a valid thought? Or it's, no. a it's a valid thought for sure. It's just um, making sure that you have enough volume of pulling, uh, specifically horizontal pulling. So bench press is a horizontal pushing movement. Okay. So to offset that in your body, so a horizontal push, you're going to work your chest and the front of your shoulders a lot. If you only do that and uh, you see it with high school kids in the gym, you're going to end up with shoulders that are rounded forward. Shoulders that are rounded forward are not in the right place. And then you're going to start having shoulder issues, right? Mm. So horizontal pulling is the opposite of that. When you pull in a horizontal fashion, which can be like a ring row or a dumbbell row, any type of row variation, cable rows, um, then you're going to work the other side of those muscles, which is your upper back. And that's going to pull those shoulders back where they mm. should be when you're sitting with proper posture mm -hmm. uh, and allow it to sit in the joint properly. And also on top of that, make your bench press stronger because you're sitting in a better position when you're uh, bench pressing. So when you're bench pressing, you should not be rounded forward. Once you get set into the bench, you should be able to mm -hmm. pull back into a good position to bench press off of. 
So by making those muscles strong, we're going to make, keep your shoulders mm -hmm. healthy and in a line. And then your bench press is going to get better and your shoulders are going to stay healthy. Mm. Now, if you, so you think I can do 250? Yeah, hundred percent. I think you could do two. You're looking at that. Like I shouldn't even talk about it. Cause it's no, no, I think it's cool. I just don't think that you should, uh, talk about it. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't, I don't think you should, uh, like be afraid to do it. Oh, okay. You know, like I wasn't nothing until Nick thing. freaked me out because I have to admit, Nick's been right on a lot of stuff that I've done yeah. in a stupid way. Yeah. And so when he said that, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. But, but then like, I know I don't, he hasn't looked at the programming that we're doing. Yeah. No, I think with all those the, horrible dumbbell back fucking shit rows that you yeah, make us do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's about having a balance back and front, left to right. And it's ba balance will bring your body into balance and you'll be stronger all around. So as long as you don't skip those back days, then we should be Got good. It. And then if you don't deviate from proper form while you lift heavy. Mm -hmm. So when it's not your day, it's not your day and you can't force it to be your day. I think we've both felt that yeah. some days you just, feel it's like it. you go in there and in your mind you had 250 and then you get yeah. 225 and no, it's you, not you need to be like, I'm 50 years old. Yeah. I got to be smarter than it. And it was that day that I did 245. Do you remember when we were loading the bar? I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like let's, yeah, let's go another five pounds. Like those it just felt like it was right. Yeah. Um, now, Dan, what about somebody that's, you know, in, in between their 30s and 60s, they don't necessarily go to a gym now, mm -hmm. they want to work out, um, maybe they work nine to five, so going earlier, just life, kids, they can't, they can't go earlier than nine. They don't want to go after five because they're not comfortable. They know the gym's most busiest after five. So something they can do from home, because we are coming up to the new year, people do set goals. If somebody wants to start working out now, is there a particular workout, home workout routine, if, assuming they have no equipment? Yeah that somebody can do, male and female, that you would suggest to, hey, here's here's a good uh, starting point. Yeah, I, like personally, I would just have somebody like me write out a home routine for you, and it would just be body weight exercises. So just squat, like you can squat, you can lunge, you can do burpees, you can do push-ups, and you can do all kinds of core work that you stick them into different circuits or uh, into EMOMs or put them as supersets. There's just a million ways you could take those body weight movements and put them into 20 to 30 minutes and you'll be well on your way to getting a good workout in and feeling good and, and staying healthy. You know what helped me, uh, Mike, doing that? Because I'm just listening to this because that would be me at like 40 years old when I really hadn't gone to a gym yet. Um, I didn't realize how hard you could push or how far you can push your body. So it was helpful to go to a class that like the dance classes that he rerun and then working out with you because I, I came to realize, oh shit, I can push my body way more than I thought I could because if I just started with the home workout of push-ups and pull-ups and some stuff, I think the volume or amount I would have done would be so low, it would almost be, I shouldn't say useless, but it would be really, really low. Whereas when I came to Radix and I saw people around me pushing and then I pushed myself a little bit further, I realized, oh my God, like my body's capable of way more than I thought it was. And it allowed me to push more, harder, longer. Not that I'm some super athlete. I just no, mean no. before I would have, I think, I think I everybody, everybody who's not in the gym or experienced um, what it's like to push themselves in those type of situations like you have, you think have just to know for, but not only for physically, mentally, like yeah, as a person. Yeah, it's so good, man. But I don't think you get that at a, like a, a global gym style where you're going to no, like. Especially a, well, like if you're the type of person who's going to go there, feel intimidated, walk on the treadmill and then be like, yeah, those kids are doing bicep curls in the squat rack. I'm out of here. 
what's the point, right? So like getting somewhere or uh, finding someone who can start to push you outside of your comfort zone to somewhere where uh, each week you're kind of progressing to a new level of what you're willing to accept as like normal. So maybe the thing for a goal would be go to Radix or if you're not in Radix area, go to a gym that has classes like this to just see what other people are doing, not to measure yourself against them, just to help you push yourself and feel comfortable pushing yourself and then retreat back to the, to the home gym or whatever. Yeah. Or I feel like for if, me, that would have yeah. been like, I think now if I had to give myself instruction, it would have been okay. Get to some of these classes where people are pushing themselves, learn from these people for three months, six months. And then if you can't keep that going in your life because of what you're saying, Mike, then do it at home after that. But it was just so helpful to see how far you could push yourself. You have, you have to, I think you stop you or you will never reach your potential as a human being. If you don't push yourself into uncomfortable territory, like on a weekly basis. And I think we've lost it as a, uh, as a country, like we just gotten, it's so people are soft. I don't care. I'm mm-hmm. just going to say it. People are so soft. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants the easiest, most convenient thing for that to happen to them. And they don't want any, they don't want to have to deal with any type of trouble or any type of whatever pain. pain. And so we're constantly running away from it all the time instead of leaning into it and just God. heading into it yeah. head first. Agree. And then that extends to so much stuff. Everything, like, man. That extends everything. to finances and, and the government and like saving money. Like you tell people in this country that we can't run deficits and they're like, well, how are we going to pay for this? And we're like, well, we have to save money by cutting elsewhere. Yeah. And everyone kind of retreats with that. Or everyone yeah. in government like, oh my God, we can't cut over there and have somebody suffer to yeah. save money here. Well, Let's just yeah. print and rob from everybody. Anyway, I don't know well, how we took like, that to inflation. Yeah, but. Yeah, but heaven forbid that you uh, can't have your $7 Starbucks every day to save some money, right? Yeah, so, and we're speaking about like the physical benefits yeah. um, from, from working out, but there's also these mental benefits because oh, if, if, if you're not, you know, exercising in some you know, form and you're not, you don't have the best eating habits and best sleep recovery. You're tired. You're mentally tired. Oh, hundred percent. But if you, and you're you running know, on like, what's the percentage of your output are you actually running on? Yeah. 30%. Like who wants, who wants to run on 30% of what you're capable mm-hmm. of? You know what I mean? Like, you know what, do you know what I can accomplish in a day because I'm in shape because I eat enough and I eat the proper things because I get enough sleep every night, you can accomplish so much more than anybody thinks. You know what I mean? People think that what I'm doing is crazy. Oh, you, it you is know, crazy. It 12 is. hours yeah. on the bike is crazy. I'm not going to let <laughs> you say it's not crazy. I can That's still, crazy. I can do that. I can have a business. I can have three small children, right? I can yeah. still have my clients. I can, uh, do all these things and still accomplish that. But you have to be willing to a accept the fact that that's going to hurt for 12 hours straight mm-hmm. and you're going to be okay with it. And that, and B that the people around me are not going to suffer because of it. That was another big thing in my mm-hmm. mind when I committed to that is that this is not going to take away from me, um, my children, my wife, my business, like that stuff has to still be prioritized. Right. And maybe, yeah, physically I'm going to take a beating, but I'm okay with that. Right. But, and, and I'm telling you, every time I go on a longer ride on that thing, I lo- unlock new levels of what I feel like I'm capable of in my head. Mm, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm, I'm like, I can handle so much more pain than people 
than other people think I can, than I thought I could. And I'm just willing to accept that. And I'm willing to hurt in the moment and grow from it later. Mm-hmm. There's you, always yeah. another gear, but you're only yeah. going to get to that other gear by going I to a dark place. I think people who haven't mm-hmm. experienced that a little bit can't figure out why you would do it. So if you haven't worked out for like 10 years or 15 years or since you were in university or since you were in college, you kind of have to go back to pushing yourself a little bit to feel that a little bit to understand what Dan's saying. Mm-hmm. No? Because otherwise, if you're listening to this and you really haven't pushed yourself in 20 years, you can't even understand what Dan's saying. You're just thinking, well, that's nice to hear, Dan, but I'm not doing that. It's not for me. Because that's what I get from most of my friends who don't go to the gym at all. They're like, I'm not going. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. But I'm like, well, if you went and you felt how it felt to feel good, you would go more regularly. Do those same friends complain about stuff in their life? Yeah. 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 So like, I complain about the, stuff. Yeah. But I mean, like, <laughs> like the same people who will tell you that are the same people who would be like, I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough this yeah. or, or I don't like the way I look or what. Yeah. I so can't you, sleep well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that kind right. Of stuff. So, but it's like, you think that they're just going to go away one day. It's magically, you're going to wake up and you're going to be, it's not going to be the same unless you do something about it. It's be like one day magically I wake up and there's $5 million in my bank account. And I never earned an, a single dollar of it. Either I won the lottery or somebody died and gave it to me Mm -hmm. or somehow I figured out how to make that money. Mm -hmm. Right. People seem to be able to kind of wrap their heads around it when it comes to working for a living, because you have to, otherwise you're going to live on the street, but why can't you wrap your mind around that same type of mentality for your body? I don't think they can see themselves in their seventies and eighties. So they don't understand how their body's going to be, but they might not even make it to their seventies and eighties or they might. And it's going to be horrible. horrible. Um, Mike, what keeps you like you're busy. You have three kids, um, you're busy with everyone you're working with. Uh, um, why are you making the time? Like what's going through your head? You're just like, this is, how are you prioritizing it? Like, I don't get it. So I have to schedule it else. It's not going to be done. And it helps that we're going together. But, uh, I, yeah, I've been, you've I, always I, been going to the gym yeah, in some way. It's like 14, 15 and uncle. Do you remember those weights? They were plastic. They had concrete inside yeah. them. Yep. And we, we were living in a house with an unfinished basement. We had the weight set down there. And I think I was like 14, 15 years old. Like the Canadian we, Tire we, Special. Yeah, big time. And we all got in that position where one time you couldn't get that bench, bench up, off, yeah. the bars on your chest, you're alone in your basement, <laughs> and you're going to tilt it to one side or, yeah. and you know, all or the weights die. are going to clink off or die. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to take you the other way so you can dump the other weights. But I, it was ever since then, and I think just being an only child, um, I was always active in some type of sport. Back in the day, you used to go to the park and play with your friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, now today, everything's organized. There's no such thing, no, right? No, no. Yeah, but back in the day, you go, you know, and I think just like w- w- lifting weights because I used to play like competitive football. Um, if I didn't, I'd get smoked. So it helped out putting mm-hmm. a bit of muscle on and uh, haven't looked back since because I just, I'm the opposite. I don't feel good if I don't do it. Hmm. As opposed to some people just don't want to put in the effort to do it. If I don't do it, I just don't. And then how strict, I, I think we have a good idea of what Dan tells us to eat mm-hmm. and not eat now. Oh, fairly uh, good. Yeah. We always go off it, yeah, yeah. but oh, everybody does. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. You like kind of dial back in and then you kind of cheat away a little bit and dial back yeah. in. Are you pretty diligent? Like no, you eat? No. So, Hey, I was at Starbucks today. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I yeah. saw this. No. You got like uh, a muffin? Uh, no, I got uh, the spinach feta wrap and a matcha green tea. So that's pretty good. Oh no, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, but I saw 
the Lock cinnamon it. button. This was oh. a new <laughs> And so Dan, it said 380 calories. So if I consume that yeah. and go on the assault bike and burn 380 calories. Then you're at a... Dude, uh, but 380. Even. Am I even? Yeah, you're okay. even. 380 calories on the assault <laughs> bike is death. It's going to take you, yeah, about 38 minutes at a 10 yeah. calorie per minute pace. Yeah. Okay, well, that's yeah, good to know. that's not too bad. And so you will just... <laughs> but you know what? You have a freaky ability of, I feel like, eating carb and it's... I don't know. You handle it pretty well. Mm, yeah. No? yeah, for now. Yeah. Some people are good carb burners. Some people are more fat, like are better at burning fat for energy. Um, and how would you figure that out about yourself? Just testing? Because I, I feel like I feel good with protein and fat and yeah. a little bit of carb because yeah. I need the carb, especially if we're, we're following what you're doing and you're pushing us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like if I have too much carb, I just feel slow, slow and groggy. Slow yeah, yeah. You'll, you, it's exactly it. It's a process of uh, trying things out and elimination of what makes you feel good versus not. Like, I'm a super high carb burner. And I eat a lot of carbs. My fat, I would say, is like on the, uh, like in the middle. My protein always stays the same. My wife, Rach, is more like you, more of a high fat burner, low carb burner. So, um, they call it being metabolically flexible when you can, you and you're good at burning both. So if you can have a, a good amount of uh, fat and carbs and you don't gain fat, then you've got a, your metabolism's in a good spot. So I'd say Mike's is in a pretty good spot. Where he can kind of flip back and, yeah. and forth. Where, when you do the eight week, you're do, you do eight week challenges with people right yeah, now? Yeah. When somebody signs up for a new eight week challenge, at mm -hmm. what point in those weeks do they start to feel that the diet is really affecting them? Four weeks. So if yeah. four, uh, like so even four the, weeks the, changing the first, your diet? Yeah, the first week is a bit of a, two things can happen. One, people who eat really low protein diets before they start are usually actually really full because protein takes longer to digest and so they feel f they feel full longer. And you don't have to so, snack. Yeah. They're like, oh my goodness, this seems like so much food. But if you look at the total calories over the day, they're actually eating less than they ate before, but they feel fuller because of all the protein. It just takes time for your body to build the right enzymes in your stomach to break it down and you get better at, at doing that. But also because um, protein will keep you fuller or longer. Uh, and then uh, there's a people who... Um, like just ate way too much all the time and they'll feel hungry at first as their body starts to recalibrate what, you know, is normal again. Uh, but then like those first three weeks will happen and pretty much everybody loses weight during that time. And then the fourth week is when I like, people are like, man, I'm hit, they hit a groove of like, it's becoming a habit. Uh, I have more energy. I recover better. Um, I feel like they feel dialed in, you know, like, mm -hmm. and they also have like a bit of purpose for what they're doing. It's just not, they're not mindlessly eating. Mm -hmm. A lot of people just mindlessly eat or like, it's not an offensive thing. It's like a defensive thing. It's like, Oh, I got super hungry. Like, what can I grab? What, where am I? Where can I stop? You know, that's defensive like eating. Right? The eight week, uh, training you're do doing challenges for people all local or you do remote eight week challenges. I've done, uh, people in Europe, so they reach out to you and say, hey, program me up a, yeah. a workout schedule and a diet Workout, plan. diet, uh, weekly check-ins. Some some people who are a little more high maintenance are more like daily to every other day check-ins, which is fine. Um, but yeah, I, it's the diet. It's the working out. It's the getting them moving more on a daily basis. It's the getting outside and walking. What I noticed on the time we did it, Mike, do you remember we were like three or four weeks in in the spring, this past spring, and Dan checked our weight and... I guess body muscle composition. I can't even speak to it. I don't know what you were yeah, checking. Muscle, just checking how much muscle mass and how much okay. body fat you. And you said something. You're like, 
wow, like you're not, you haven't gained as much muscle as I thought you would have gained by now. And then you asked me the protein amount I was taking it for whatever reason at that time I had stopped taking protein shakes and I was just off it for a while for no good reason other than I just kind of lost the habit. And then I reintroduced it and I could totally tell in the next few weeks I was adding muscle. So it is important when you're doing this to have enough protein. Can you have two? I know Dr. Cowan always shocks me where he's like, you really can't have enough protein. Like you can don't work. People are pretty, that's a a macronutrient that most people are pretty good at regulating because you're just full. You get full. Yeah. Yeah. So, so really like you don't have to, I guess it's dangerous to make a generic comment, but you don't have to worry about how much protein you're having. Just eat protein. Yeah, unless you're like one of those people who are trying to like make a, a statement about it. And you know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah. And then you eat like oh, okay. know, 300 to 400 grams but of protein. But in general, just listen to your body when you're full, you're full. But yeah, you can once your enough. body stops uh, using protein for like rebuilding muscle and stuff like that, it, w- it just goes through a, a process uh, where it turns it into glycogen and it's used as carbs at that point anyways like the same idea but it's just such an inefficient way to get glycogen plus like man i don't know i know some people who would like love to have that like 30 ounce steak or whatever but like you can eat one of those for one day and then that's pretty much what you're going to eat for like a 24-hour period Mm -hmm. right so i just prefer to have it built out over the day and have that constant source of amino acids coming in for helping me recover Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's like, I, again, you would get so full trying to like put in 300 grams. Like people get super full the first time they try to do 150 to 200 grams. So I can't imagine. What's an average chicken breast? Yeah. So like, uh, six ounces, you're looking at like 35, 40 grams of protein. Holy shit. Yeah. So you can have like six chicken breasts. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. So like for me, it's like in the morning, it's going to be either eggs or if I'm going to the gym early, there'll be a protein shake. And then uh, I'll have a post-workout shake because I work out in the morning afterwards. And then uh, I have a like a second breakfast that's like yeah, steak or beef, uh, grass-fed steak or beef. And then for lunch, I'll have uh, chicken. And then my next meal, I'll have either fish, beef, chicken again. And then my next meal, I'll have Greek yogurt and protein powder again. So like, I'm just constantly feeding the amino acids in my body. And would that be the same for Mike at his age? Yeah. So it's not even age. It's just going to be, um, your weight. So if Mike weighs 170 pounds, um, we're going to try to get him to be at least 170 grams of protein per day. And it can be, if he's trying to gain muscle, that could be up to 200 grams. Uh, for me at 200 pounds, my minimum is 200 grams. And then like personally right now, I take in 240 grams of protein a day just because of the amount of breakdown that I'm putting on my body. And then why were you talking to Mike about creatine? I've created, everybody should take creatine. Why? Because it's the most researched supplement ever in the history of man. And it works for so many more things than just building strength and muscle. But a, if you want to get stronger and put on some muscle, take creatine, but then, Oh man, there's so many more health benefits that are coming out of it for like elderly people, like mental clarity and that kind of stuff, uh, fighting against like, uh, brain dysfunction and stuff like that. Your body needs the creatine. If you're breaking down muscle, you need to put the creatine back and to get the most out of what you're trying to do. Now are you Five cycling, a day. cycling on and off? No, I've been cycled on, off creatine since I was uh, like 15 years old. And then you are having, you are consuming this even on days that you're not working out? Yep. Okay. But I do work out an absurd amount, but I'd still take five grams a day. In a shake day. or something. Yep. Yep. In my post, I do it in my, po- well, I do it in my pre and my post workout shake. So I take 10 grams a day. 
So I we had uh, world's strongest man, Mitchell Hooper, mm. at our gym. And then he was saying how he took 10 grams a day. And I said, if the world's strongest man is taking 10 grams a day, I'm taking 10 grams a day too. Is there something in particular, most people lean on coffee in the morning for energy. Is there Mm -hmm. something that, that you consume that you're, 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 you're saying that this is why I'm feeling like energetic in the morning. Oh yeah. Coffee. Yeah. But besides coffee. So yeah. So caffeine is, caffeine is one of the best workout pre-workouts you can take because you're uh it stops the receptors of like the pain you feel so you feel less pain you can push harder into your workout so like anywhere between 100 to 200 milligrams of caffeine which you can get from coffee or you can just take a caffeine pill um and we caffeine's in pretty much every pre-workout for the kids out there um it, it just works i remember taking this big massive cup of coffee from starbucks right before a crossfit workout when we were doing the crossfit the open competition this is way back i don't know five six years ago and one of the workouts you did a whole bunch of burpees or something but afterwards you had to do your like max clean within Mm -hmm. like five minutes or something like that i forget and it was james meggs who was loading the bar and i had had this massive coffee and i was just like I felt wired. like I was just wired. And I think you recommended or someone recommended to listen to this Rocky speech right before the workout. So in the car, <laughs> I listened to Rocky like talking yeah. about something. So I got, and I, I just warmed up and went right into this workout. I remember when I got to the clean and I was like, put the weight on, put the weight on. And James, I think it might've been James and Charles. And they put like uneven amounts of weight on. And I was just like, move aside. And I just kind of cranked the bar off the ground. And for me at the time, it was a heavy lift. And I remember getting it done and I attributed it all to the coffee. I sort of Caffeine Caffeine helps. Just like if if we go back to the sleep, part of that whole equation uh, anything after 12 is probably going to mess with your sleep any caffeine after 12 o'clock so i try to cut my intake of coffee off by noon um and then the days i have big rise I, big rides i don't drink coffee i'll just take a straight up caffeine pill because i just want everything to digest a bit quicker before my big rides uh, but it helps caffeine and I, I take other pre-workout supplements but again i buy them i don't buy a pre-workout i buy them as their solo whatever it is and i dose it according to the research so that i get enough of it the pre-workouts are typically sold with not enough to get the recommended dosage for what the science shows will give you the benefit so then you're just kind of like getting a little bit of whatever oh, but you're kind of like okay. just pissing your I feel like away. if I had a pre-workout before this made my skin crawl and yeah that's figured... beta alanine oh, but okay. you, again they'll give you maybe 1.6 grams when you need 3.2 to 6.4 grams and so I'm going to dose it myself and I'm not going to pay I'm going to pay way less to dose it myself and I'm not going to pay some company to brand it and put a bunch of artificial blue stuff in there that I'm going to have to consume with it is there any supplements that uh, I'm just Mike I'm just picking on you at mm-hmm. 53 that he should be taking that other people maybe or at a different age you weren't taking yeah, so like TRT. The, the gen- <laughs> yeah, we can get into that too. Uh, so before we go to like straight up testosterone, um, I think the, to cover your basis, you need omega threes, vitamin D, um, vitamin C. If you don't eat a lot of fruits and veggies, if you do eat a lot of fruits and veggies, you you you'll get enough of that. Um, and then I like uh, Mariva for joint health mm. and um, inflammation. What was so that one? Uh, so Mariva SF is made by Thorne Laboratories. Uh, laboratories. Um, and that one is based off of uh, turmeric. But it's, so it's uptakes better when you uh, uh, ingest it with some form of black pepper. Like it's like a thousand times uh, 
more potent. So they kind of do the whole, they do all that for you. I take two of those pills in the morning and two mid afternoon and keeps my inflammation levels like way down. Hmm. So that helps if you're working out hard and you're starting like, even like I'm not as old as you guys, but I am creeping on 40 and I do an absurd amount of working out. I, I do notice a difference taking stuff like that mm-hmm. to help keep the inflammation down from all the, the hard training and stuff like that. So I would recommend those kind of things for general health. Um, the infl- I think I've been taking that for inflammation before. I think mm-hmm. Dr. Cowan gave me that one. Yep. I should go back on that one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's my like probably my favorite that I've noticed the like most difference being. Okay, and then what about recovery for Mike at 53? Do you think about that differently? Like right now, sure. I think we're only going like three times a week. Which is so, good. Three times a week, weightlifting is good. Um, and he's doing your assault biking like 100 calories like almost every day, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think it's good to have that balance. For, like if you're looking at uh, general health for you know, forties, fifties, that balance of strength training. Cause every year after you're 40, your testosterone is going down, your ability to hold on to muscle goes down, your, uh, bone density, all those things. So strength training takes care of all that. It's going to keep the muscle on. It's going to keep you strong. It's going to keep your bones dense. So you got to have that, but then you got to look at the cardiovascular side of things. So him hopping on the assault bike and doing, uh, I like to have a combination of two, uh, intervals where you get your heart rate really high, and then bring it down and repeat. So that's and, why you have programmed the sprints at yeah. the end of the workouts. And then I like zone two. So zone two is that easy ride, that easy jog and half an hour to an hour, a couple times a week. And it's going to keep you, your heart healthy. The zone two research is like the, um, mortality rates are way better. Uh, you live longer. All those. So what are the 10 minute sprints on off sprint cycle that we're doing? What's that then? So it's like that's, uh, anaerobic threshold stuff. So it just, it's getting your heart rate used to like being super jacked up and then recovering from that mm-hmm. process. So it would, it just gets you in like a, a way better shape in less time spent, but you still need to spend a the 30 minute, 45 minute zone two that. type of activity. If you only do that and you don't do that, you're missing out on a bunch of fitness that you could have. Is walking my dog zone two or that's too slow? It depends if somebody's trying to cheat, man. I'm going to squeeze this in. Yeah. Yeah. So you could, you just got to get your, uh, you'd have to get a heart or you have your whoop on. Mm-hmm. So check. I, know I threw it out now. Oh, okay. Yeah, me too. So if you could check your heart rate, if you could be somewhere in the hundred for your age, 120 beats per minute, then you're kind of zone two. The other so way you can too slow. Yeah. Okay. The other way you can tell if you're going too fast is if you can't hold a conversation while you're doing it, but it can't be like, if you're walking at like 80 beats per minute, then it's not high enough to get in the zone. Okay. So then when we were wearing our whoop bands, I remember on some workouts where we were really pushing ourselves. I think Rachel got scared a couple of times because I'm like, Oh look, Rachel, I think my, my heart rate or whatever was like 200 hit 200 or something temporarily. And I remember her, the look on her face was like, but then I think it was okay in the end. Yeah. Is, that, those, so is the, that just not well, an accurate yes, reading? The whoop bands on your wrist are not, I only wear um, chest strap heart rate monitor because that's the most accurate. Okay. So way. it probably wasn't hitting 200. It, no, you, your max heart rate at your age is in the 180. Okay. Range. So 200 was just a whoop thing. It's just the band not picking up your heart rate properly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then TRT for uh, like, what's your thoughts on it? I know we talked about it recently at the gym. Like, is it just too much of a pain in the ass or case by case? Or would definitely, you- definitely case by case. If you are um, low testosterone, like, where you're completely depleted, free, total 
everything is low, then I would definitely be something I would look into. But what I would say is, what are your lifestyle factors like first? Because I would never go on TRT because I have low testosterone. And then my lifestyle factors are, I sleep four hours a night, I never work out, I don't do any cardio conditioning or anything along those lines. Uh, my diet is absolute trash. Yeah, obviously you have low testosterone, you treat your body like garbage. Mm-hmm. What do you, what so do you think is So don't use it happen? as a cheat. Yeah, because what what's gonna happen on TRT? You're just gonna end up with super high blood pressure and you're just gonna be 20 pounds heavier because I guarantee you gain 15 to 20 pounds once you go on TRT. But Oh really? It, yeah, 100%. I know guys who have gone on who are in super good shape and they eat well and they gain 15 to 20 pounds because you're going to hold on to water weight. You're going to put on some more muscle. Mm. If you're eating like crap, you're going to put on fat too. So all of a sudden you have a guy who has uh, blood pressure issues already because he doesn't take care of himself. He has low T because again, he's not sleeping properly. He's not lifting weights. He's not eating properly. And now you give him something that's going to make his blood pressure go even higher. He's going to gain more weight that he's going to have to carry around all day long. And he's not in shape and you could, you know, possibly end up <laughs> killing this dude. So that's the thing okay. is like, aren't you then stuck on it? Yeah. So you go on it long enough and then your body is going to stop producing it because it's getting it from an external source. And then depending on what your age is, you come off it, it might not turn back on ever again the same way, or you might get a little bit, but like each person obviously is. So you need to be monitored on this stuff. 100%. If like you're going to go to some bodybuilder who like makes it in his basement uh, sink and then just start injecting it into your butt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, a, it's such a, you know, definitely do it. Definitely see a doctor, but man, if you don't have all your ducks in a row, you do not deserve to be on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like get your life fixed, go to bed on time, start working out, start eating properly. And I guarantee your testosterone is going to go up. If you're low T and those are your lifestyle factors, yeah, you gave yourself low T. Mm. Like your body, you've, you're abusing your body. And then you add on top of that, the same type of person is probably drinking some beers and wine and whatever. You, now you're tanking. I could tank my testosterone if I wanted to go get TRT and I was going to tank my results so that they would put me on it. I would get drunk the night before and eat a bunch of crap and not sleep. And then I would go and I would take the blood test and I will have low T. That's how quickly uh, somebody who's taking care of themselves can like dip themselves in the, into that range where they'll prescribe TRT for you. What, so if this ga- is like ga- a crutch, like, no. You've gathered all this information over the years because you love it. Mm-hmm. So people do you find are fi- like they find you, you have Radix, mm-hmm. which does classes and you know, all this stuff, but ultimately like you're a strength and conditioning guy. Like, is that how you like kind of look at yours? Cause you know, all this so much stuff like about mm-hmm. CrossFit workouts and nutrition. Like how do you define yourself? Like why is John Michael Bianco like finding you because of strength and conditioning advice that you give him? Yeah. So, uh, with like with jam, for example, example, uh, just want, can you share? Yeah. What? So jam is the Canadian super middleweight champion. Um, and I've been working with him through his whole pro career who just got global ranked you said no. yeah he's ranked number 38 in the world yeah who was on the yeah. podcast yeah, yeah. earlier this year sometime yeah yeah he's so he's so good he's such, uh, we're headed to nova scotia for his next fight next weekend and uh yeah. is it a threat this guy i guess no, now he's, he's getting, a right? mexican guy not not, not like listen you nothing against Mike? mexican guys but some of them they bring in it's kind of like a just an in-between 
fight because he's getting they want him to fight for a WBC intercontinental belt which is like huh. the next level for him so he's staying active so again you don't come into a fight ever unprepared no. or ever uh, underestimating your opponent because if you want to get knocked out ask Tyson Fury what it's like when yeah. you don't and John Michael, he, he jams like when he's working out at the gym. I never forget when he was working at the gym and me and Mike were working out, and we didn't really know him well at that point. Not like we know him super well now, but we know him better. And I made a joke at him. I'm like, hey, dude, if you really want to work out, like I'll work out next to you just oh, to keep you honest. And he just looked at me like, like dude, are ready. you serious? And I thought he was going to punch <laughs> me in the face. And I'm like, dude, I'm joking, man. <laughs> Yeah, he's the nicest guy ever, but he's so competitive. So competitive. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, for him, I was in the combat world for so long, and I, I had been doing strength and conditioning for fighters for so long. So Okay, so you're known in that me. community. Yeah, and reached out to me. I, I've uh, worked with multiple uh, pro boxers who have won titles and big belts, so uh, I'm, I'm known in that community. Um, I just think that, uh, like, I'm – a strength and conditioning coach who could work with a pro athlete, but I could work with anybody. And I enjoy, I don't, I don't just enjoy the pro athlete side of things. I enjoy seeing people change their lives. So to me, that's the fun part is to see a guy who comes in, who has no confidence in themselves and, and looks like crap and, uh, you know, doesn't, can't look anybody in the gym in the eyes and then give me six months with that guy. And he's a whole different person and he's a whole different person the way he looks, but he's a whole different person with the way he interacts with people around them. You know, Mm. when you, when you're not, in the body that you're meant to be in, there's no way you can have confidence in yourself. A lot of those people will have a fake confidence or uh, what I noticed as a kid, a lot of my bigger friends would uh, be more like uh, clowns. They would make jokes to like make fun of the way they looked. And but inside, that's just a huge security, that insecurity that they're trying to deal with. When no, none of us are meant or designed to walk around 100 pounds overweight. We're not. That's why people, that's why people die early. There's, it's just, we're not meant to be like that. So when you're walking around and you're in the body that you're meant to have, and you're operating at a high level, you're just, you operate on a high level on all different levels, business with family, your interactions with friends. It's all, it, it changes everything. So I know if I can make that change with somebody, then I can change the, like the whole aspect of their whole life. And to me, that's the best part. That's the funnest part. And I have all the, to me, sometimes I forget also that so much of the knowledge I have, it to me seems basic, but to other people, it's like a mind blowing moment when I tell them something. And when I see the look on their face, like, oh, like I have to remember that sometimes I'm dealing with people who are on a kindergarten level of nutrition or a kindergarten level. Or of, kinder egg. Yeah, of, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> of uh, fitness. And I just need to give them the most basic prescription because they just need to understand that like eating protein five times a day is going to make a huge difference in their life. You know, like, so that's what I enjoy. I enjoy seeing the change. I enjoy seeing people uh, become a whole different person. There's also, there's a study that shows that the people who have big weight loss and keep the weight loss off long-term the, it didn't matter what diet they were on. It didn't matter what, uh, um, training program they're on, whether they were boxing for fun or skipping or running or lifting weights, didn't matter. Whether they did keto, low carb, high protein, didn't matter. What the only factor that combined all these people who kept the weight off long term is they perceive themselves as a new person. Mm-hmm. 
That was the only factor. So they refused to be the person they used to be and they identified as somebody completely different now. I'm not the fat guy, I'm the fit guy. And I've seen that with Tony. That was, we had Tony, you had Tony on the podcast. We were uh, here with Anthony. Uh, he's not the same person. He's not the fat guy. He's a different person. He perceives himself in a different way and that's why he's gonna stay that person because he doesn't wanna be the person he used to be. Do you find most people to like, it helps that Mike's going to, to the gym because it kind of keeps me honest to, to show up. Do mo- but I guess that's what the classes do. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure out how to convince people to go. The community is a huge. The community. So the class, sure. the community you get from going to the classes. Yeah. Matters. You meet the people and you understand, you start to realize that like they're nothing more special than you are. Mm-hmm. They just show up every day. Right. At first, that's why everybody's like, oh, it's intimidating, whatever. But you get to meet these people and you're like, these people are not intimidating. Um, if I actually show up and I learn the workout itself is not intimidating. I just got to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember the second CrossFit workout I ever did. I threw up in the bushes outside and, uh, that's when they had you doing sled pushes, right? Oh, that right? was a, different, that a different time. Point? No, I didn't throw up on the sled pushes, <laughs> okay. but that definitely, I think made me, I think we did the sled pushes, uh, who threw up on those sled pushes? Not me. No, we did strong. We also didn't talk about the strongman workouts that we did at Rapids yeah. this oh, summer. Geez. This past yeah. summer, we that's, won't talk about that. That's we will bro. Just, yeah, that's we, a bro. The bro coaching is on the side. Yeah, yeah. The dead hangs. Yeah, the dead hangs. Oh yeah. No, thank you for reminding me. I would just like to tell everybody <laughs> that I threw out my back for the first time ever. I don't know if that's the right language. Tweaked my back, sprained my back, yeah. whatever you call it. No, yeah. Because yeah, nothing to do with Dan, no. but Mike, watch it. No, tell everyone. Can you please? share this with everyone I'd like everyone to know maybe help them not do this can you just what yeah. did you get us? it might help somebody actually feel better though yeah 50 like percent of the people it's like a 50 yeah. 50 shot it's just hanging from the bar no yeah. but tell, what did you buy us uh yeah these fish hooks <laughs> <laughs> i can't even like yeah. laugh because i have the same exact ones that's right that's right yeah that's right yeah so what you bought us these hooks yeah you just dead hang from the bar a uh, minute each for three minutes um, like a minute on a minute off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Three yeah. rounds. And I think it threw out your back day one, but we kept going. I think we, we weren't going, sure if is this, I thought it was helping. So I was getting off yeah. gently off the bar, mm-hmm. but it was feeling very sensitive. Right. And I just thought, Oh, this must be good. Cause I'm stretching. And the only time I really got scared is when Dan came into the gym and looked at us, kind of shook his head and said, what are you guys doing? And, uh, <laughs> and then I realized maybe this is a problem. And then I did it one too many times and I was, I just got yeah. messed. I think like a combination of, two things uh one is just too long too fast so like everything i do now like i've just been injured so many times because i'd like always doing this crazy stuff but you always have to progress and always start at the easiest progression and let your body adapt over time your body gets really good at adapting to things and progressing slowly but if you just hop into the three minute hold <laughs> then you might be in for some serious your body's like what like, is happening i could barely walk i've never hung for like two weeks ever and now i hung for three minutes straight that's the your style. spine is what like I've learned about, elongated no but what i've learned about mike is mike's just like a natural athlete yeah. or more athletic than i am so like he'll just do things just much more naturally than i'll do them so i shouldn't try to match but what the, he does the, yeah the other thing that you have to realize with Mike too and he said it himself it's like since he was 13 years old yeah man. yeah that's a that's a like Not since he was 39 yeah I tell people yeah I tell people all the time like this for me I'm like two decades into this yeah. so when people are like try to compare themselves to me I'm like 
Yeah, okay, but that's, give me 20 years here. Okay, life. so, but this is an interesting thing because now I'm just deadlifting again from getting through this, you know, just recover, whatever. I sprained my back a little bit. It's fine now. I'm deadlifting again. But now I, I have multiple friends who have told me and multiple people have told me, oh, I can never deadlift or squat because of my back, like my... Uh, Carol's uh, step uh, brother, oh. Carol's brother. Yeah, like multiple people have said this yeah. that uh, they can't. Is it just that they're trying to go too hard, too too fast? Like, should mm -hmm. they just ease into it? Yeah, I like. You I know, when someone I says, "Hey, I can't lift weight because my back." Yeah, yeah, and it's like, okay, well, so what's wrong with your back? Because you could X-ray like ninety percent of people will have some type of like either disc herniation or something going. We all kind yes, of have we it. We all have something. I guarantee you. Now, I wouldn't recommend you go get an X-ray and start to like give yourself a mental breakdown over it but it's just there we all move and stuff happens right and even just compressing force over time so um but i would be like well so what it like what about your back is stopping you from doing this is it because your core is weak your glutes aren't firing properly your hip flexors are too tight some i guarantee you there's something else along the line those lines that is going on that is causing your issue not you being able to deadlifting is a natural human movement. If you've ever picked up something off the ground, which I hope you have at least your clothes off the ground, you've deadlifted weight off the ground. Hmm. So the fact that you're going to tell me that you can't do that anymore because in your mind, you've perceived this movement of a barbell to be the reason why you're going to get back pain is like, to me, it's mind blowing. So something's wrong. Something doesn't work properly. Uh, either you're using your lower back because your glutes are weak and they need to be strengthened or you can't keep your back in a proper position because your core is weak and you never use it. So how do you find that out about yourself? You go to someone like go yourself to somebody like and me then you, or you analyze the way somebody moves. You see how they move. You see if they're able to uh, keep, first of all, the proper form in the movement uh, and then you see where things start to break down like do their knees collapse in when they go to squat well then their glutes are not strong and they're not keeping them in the proper okay so position. how about somebody like Nadim who came with us to the gym and when he squatted he couldn't get very low is that something he can improve on by just you would program him to just practice sitting in a squat over time or trying to go deeper yeah, over time and or mobility work because why why okay, can't he go low? Can, is it because his ankles are tight and his knees can't go forward and out enough is it because his hips are tight and he can't open up his knees enough to sit into like there's just so many like factors so we would start to play around with what is tight loosen that up have him squat use it just like a goblet squat help him get lower help him feel his core firing so he's not losing okay position while he's doing it you know so it's good to have somebody who knows what they're doing um to start to assess and to break down is someone like you. me going to be able to deadlift into my 70s yes so I watched, just, I watched a dude on Instagram. He's like 70 something, uh, back squat, like 500 pounds the other day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I saw the same one. Yeah. It was crazy. It was going around everywhere, but cause I, yes, my dream job is to go to Croatia. There's rock walls in Croatia that have like over a hundred years all fallen apart. Yeah. I just would like to go there and rebuild kilometers and kilometers of rock <laughs> walls and then drink olive oil and wine. And that's like my, and those, I always, every time you talk about those fish that you get, yeah, those little fish, yeah, I don't even know I in want, English what they're I called. They're like French fries. Yeah. When when you when you come to Croatia and visit, we're gonna have them. I just get a plate like French fries. You just eat them. Yeah. Like, they're amazing. That the whole like, thing, the tail, the head, everything. Yeah. And they're not sardines. Do they For anyone salt, listening do they who tells them, or they kind of just do a little tiny little bit of a flash fry. Yeah. So sometimes it's a there is a little bit of like 
bready, floury stuff, but just yeah. a tiny bit, yeah. and they flash kind of fry them. Amazing. Oh, they're so good. Yeah, yeah. I have that, and this is my favorite meal. Liver, yeah. like amazing liver, a plate of those fish, yep. some beautiful white wine, some nice water with an espresso after. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going back to the beach. I feel like a million <laughs> yeah. dollars. I feel like <laughs> maybe that's the wine, yeah. but I'm feeling yeah. like a million yeah. dollars. I swear, after weeks of eating liver and fresh fish, I just feel like especially I, the liver you get from there is probably oh, like top quality. I assume it is. Yeah. It tastes really well, and everyone, I all the restaurants it. there are very picky on their supply. Like people will talk and say, "Don't go to that restaurant. We don't like where he sources the meat." Oh wow! Yeah, like that's a big discussion cool. on like which restaurant sources the meat from where. Yep, is like a, a constant discussion. Um, if somebody doesn't go to Radix, if they don't go to their own gym, mm -hmm. what would it be a stationary device that you would recommend that they get if they wanted something at home to start working on losing weight, getting in shape? An assault bike. Perfect. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. so buy and then the one weight. They're, they're, they have I'd, limited space now. They can pick one weight. A dumbbell or a kettlebell. One of okay. Because the, then you can, with the dumbbell or kettlebell, you can squat it, you can lunge it, you can press it, you can row it, you can, you know, yeah. you, you can do you get or, crazy and do devil's presses with it. Yeah, or there's a company out of Montreal. I have the, this at home where it's it's uh, Bowflex had something similar where you, you turn the handle yeah, of the bar adjust it, and right? adjust the amount of weight that's yeah, on that bar. Perfect. But it was a particular Montreal company because when you lift at that dumbbell, if the weight was less, the, the actual bar was uh, wasn't as long because oh. some of those like the bar yeah. remains long whether it's lightweight or yeah heavyweight yeah. so it stays in a good position yeah exactly yeah that's the main thing yeah something like that you could do everything anything you ever wanted to and yeah. mike with you measuring you're yeah. wearing a whoop end right yeah. now what yeah. do you appreciate measuring the most or what would you suggest yeah. people measure on these devices yeah i th i think it's knowing what affects your sleep i'm not so uh, so it does strain and, and recovery and uh i'm not so much on keeping track of the strain although it's good to see how much output you had that particular day and it's interesting to see what causes that strain um but it's the recovery or lack of mm. so alcohol is a very good reminder oh, for sure at, 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 you know once it. you cross 50 and, and and you have even like one or two beers or glass of wine, glass of wine I, yeah then the following day to see how this device is stating that yep. you didn't have a the device didn't know I consumed alcohol. Okay, so you but it's monitoring it HRV heart rate. Yeah, you can see how high your 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 heart rate is now elevated throughout your sleep and how low your low right HRV. Uh, HRV you want high or, and you, yeah yeah and then your yeah. resting heart rate you want low. Yeah, but you, it's the reverse when you consume alcohol yeah, though. Yeah, exactly. Have so, you noticed yeah. any activities that take a lot of effort um, that you were surprised by? Like for me, it was yeah. teaching a class. Mm -hmm. It sometimes yep. thought I was doing a workout. For sure. Yep. That stress, simple yard work. Yeah. But the, the, the nice thing about like exercising is that everything else in life becomes easier. Mm -hmm. Um, yard work, um, uh, if you help out with any of your kids activities, like a lot of this stuff, I, I, I recently had to help somebody take some, uh, furniture out of a house because we were, we were putting it up for sale. Just, I thought you were going to say you're decluttering. Stealing. No. And just like taking furniture up and down the stairs. Like, you're just making the rest of your life a lot easier. These other little things, yeah. but uh, personally, like an action item that I would say, if somebody wants to set a a, a goal for uh, this year, is hold yourself accountable and start off maybe doing a hundred push-ups a day for a hundred days. But there's you, if you miss a day, 
you got to make up, make up for that. In what chunks would yeah. you do the hundred pushups? 10, yeah, 10 yeah, at a time, question. whatever you can do. Yeah. If you can so do, if you could do 10, then just 10, do 10, 10 at a, la- a later time. Sure. Just throughout the day mm-hmm. until ideally yeah. you probably get to two sets of 50, mm-hmm. but just get yourself to a hundred days of doing that. If two if sets of 50 is serious. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then as a woman, maybe it's air squats. Start off with a hundred air squats for a hundred days. And then maybe, um, that's just body weight in the beginning. And maybe if you have a, an infant, the infants in your arms eventually. Yeah. So four sets of 25 on the pushups is also sure. fine. No, sure. Yeah. 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 Anything move more. Yeah. Yeah. But, ho- but the, oh, the, the key here is it's not just, I think we all hear or, or read something and we're like, ah, that sounds good. I should do it. S- set it. Like mm. I'm, I'm going to do a hundred of this for a hundred days. But the key is, if you miss a day, that gets tacked on. Mm-hmm. You got to be held accountable for it because we, we've all been there. Miss a gym for the week, and there's no you're not making up for it. Uh, we're gonna do a push up competition after this. Perfect. I get to do bro reps. Um, <laughs> what, what are uh, we're, um, uh, if, would you ever go? But now that you've been to Radix and you've done more squats and deadlifts mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff, would you go back to like a regular gym? Like because some people don't have access to a Radix kind of place. Mm-hmm. Like, what have you learned by going to Radix that has changed your thinking around fitness or your activity at the gym? Because you went yeah. to the gym a lot. Like, you were yeah, yeah. bench press. I feel like yeah. you did the tricep thing, mm-hmm. the the curls, and the bench press. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Many years ago. No, it's the community that, you know, it's, it's, it's so different. I never used to do stuff like the assault bike. Now I have one at home. Like, I enjoy it. I dreaded that thing. Now I go into your gym jump on the assault bike. It's one of my most favorite things to do. I'll You're stare at that animal. wolf on the other side of the gym. I'll look that wolf in the eyes. You got to be a real wolf head, by the way. Yeah. When we were talking about what are you saying to yourself when that voice comes in your head, like, oh, I'm tired. I don't want to be doing this. I stare at that wolf. wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go kill the wolf. Yeah, that's oh, man. But there's always a second gear. Always a second yeah, gear. Yeah. And, and I realized this most, most recently where I've been doing a hundred calories on the assault bike for a hundred days and I've missed a few days. So that I'm get, that's getting tacked on. So most recently I had to do 200 calories. Usually I, when I'm doing a hundred cals, once I get to 50, I, I see it in my head as I'm on the lap back. Like yeah. as if, as if I was riding a street bike, I'm on the lap back or I've reached the mountain. Now I'm coming down. Yep. So recently I had to do 200. So usually I dread once I'm at 50 cause I only have to do a hundred. Yeah. But now that I had to do 200, that 50 was easy. Yeah. Mentally, it was so easy. Funny. Yeah, it's crazy. Have you, yeah. have you seen that study um, they did in the, I think it was done in the 50s or 60s. I don't think you can do this anymore. Um, but this guy had um, lab rats and he uh, put them out to, in water to see how long it would take them to drown. And he would let them drown. And so um, what the first experiment was it like, oh, it took them however this amount of time to drown and then he's like okay so what happens if i put them in and then i take them out just before they drown i think it was like 15 minutes and i put them back in how long will they last a second time so uh, the first i'm pretty sure it's about 15 minutes they would drown this time takes them out wipes them off gives them a little break puts them back in they lasted for days afterwards days not 15 minutes not 15 hours for multiple because days. of the hope because they had a hope that somebody was going to save them and pull them out of there but physically they had the capability to go for days and they let themselves die in 15 minutes but with something in whatever i don't know 
if a rat has like whatever's going on in their head, but the fact that they thought that they could be saved and they wouldn't die, somebody's going to save them. They had the physical capability to go for days. So what we have, what we're capable of doing physically is so much beyond what we're willing to handle mentally if we can't deal with that fact. So like for you, it's just the hope that 200's coming up faster than, yeah. you know what I mean? And so I, I, I think unfortunately too, that's a, uh, something that our general practitioners don't recognize either. And they're going to give you a pill yeah, rather than tell you to go out there and exercise. Do something about it. Yeah. yeah. You got high blood pressure here. Here's these pills. Yeah. You can't sleep. Here's these pills. Yeah. 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 Dan, where, if someone wants to donate for the 12 hour ride for Haiti, yeah, where the, do they go? Uh, the dream dealer.org. The dream dealer, the dream dealer.org. And it's the first, it's right. The donate buttons right on the homepage. As soon as you go on the website, you'll see a picture of, and this uh, is for raising, this is raising money for the kids in Haiti. Um, my brother's uh, not for profit, uh, funds a, um, like a community center there that takes care of uh, about a hundred kids. They take care of uh, schooling, clothing, food. They bought a um, like a bakery oven, so they bake bread for the kids. They sell the bread in the markets. Um, it's it's really bad there. The poverty; these kids don't have the the money or the opportunity to go to school. So this gives them that opportunity. The gang life has gotten really bad there. So even for um, the guy who runs the house with his wife he'll bake bread and he'll sell it in the market he has to sell he has to pay a couple gangs on his way to the market just to get to the market to, to sell the bread so these kids have like very little options as far as where they go with their life so the schooling gives them an opportunity to get an education uh, my brother will also bring in uh, different experts and in stuff like they taught the ladies there how to sew make clothes um, they brought in somebody to teach them how to make bread and so they have food they can sell the food um, they brought in a metal worker who showed them how to uh, to work metal and then they built the kids soccer posts so they could play soccer in the field there whatever um, so all the money, hundred percent of the money goes down to that. Um, this is not a charity where like we're paying anybody to do anything except for paying to make sure that this house stays up and running, that these kids are taken care of. Um, so to give you an example of, uh, where $7,000 can go, that will pay for that house to stay up and running for two years. So like the money goes a long, long cool. way down there. Um, so yeah, the dreamdealer.org. You're uh, going to ride for 12 hours. 12 How many hours. calories are you going to bring in? 7,000. 7,000 calories yeah. in 12 hours. You're allowed to have a Cinnabon, dude. Yes. 12 hours. 100%. <laughs> Mike? I, I'll bring, hey, Mike, yeah. not so much. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. You're doing all these calories. I was, I was listening to some ultra endurance guys on a podcast, and they were talking about eating for stuff that's 12 to uh, 12 plus hours. Uh, and yeah, they, they're like, honestly, you can eat anything they're like, you just, just keep eating. You have to keep <laughs> yeah. eating. Otherwise, you're going to shut down. So, and the, with the date of it, uh, January 20th. So January 20th, Saturday, January, Saturday, 20th, January 20th is when 20th. this is going to go down it's the 12 down. hour ride. Yes. And then anyone who wants to jump in either remotely or in person for an eight week challenge or yep. join Radix, where would they go for that? Yeah, if they go to hello at radixgym.com and we uh, will get your email that day. We respond within the 24 hours. And uh, just, yeah, to let us know. Uh, we have a so couple of guys email, email. on the eight-week challenge now from the last podcast I did here. So like, cool. we get back to you right away. We get you going um, and we get you results. So, yeah, all you, all you have to do is... Uh, 
just get a hold of us and follow the plan. So hello at radixgym.com. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks guys. And then Mike, we got to bring you back because we didn't talk about, I uh, wanted to get an investor update from you on everything real estate related. So we're going to bring you back Sounds for, good. for that chat, but uh, cool. Thanks for this guys. Yeah. I appreciate Mike, were you going to say anything nope. else? I thought, we, no. Yeah, he, oh, I thought you were going to uh, try to pitch the eight sleep one more time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next time. Thanks yeah. guys. <laughs> Hey everyone, so hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Dan and Mike. You can reach out to Dan at hello at radixgym.com. That's hello at radix, R-A-D-I-X, gym.com. You can support him on his 12-hour ride for Haiti by visiting the Dream Dealer, thedreamdealer.org. So that's thedreamdealer.org. We're gonna have him back on again, I think right before he does this attempt or right after. I'm kind of fascinated by what he's doing. And if you are listening to this and you want to join a group of Canadians who are doing their very best to live life on their own terms. You can find out what the Rockstar Inner Circle membership is all about because that's what we're doing as a group by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. So rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. And on that URL, you'll see all kinds of feedback and testimonials from members, all their stories, different posts of what they're doing. You'll see all the benefits of becoming a member. You'll see pictures of all of us. It's all available to you there at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. Kick off 2024 with a group of people that are all supporting each other to live their own life on their own terms. That's it for this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms.